Hello, welcome to Monday Night Therapy. I'm here with Todd Wolverton. What the hell, Todd? Hey, buddy, all gassed and no breaks tonight. <laughs> we had the game in our hands, right in our hands. And then he threw the ball. Yeah. Well, do you think it was that close? I mean, it was right in our hands. Oh, wasn't it? No, we we certainly have a lot to talk about. We do I have suppose. a lot to talk about. I suppose. What What do you want to go with? Well, the should we? Did you? Let's just start with this. Did you listen to the Matt Rule press conference today? I saw some pieces. He took questions for 35 minutes. You can't tell it. You can't, uh, you can't say the guy's a shirker. He no, ain't shirking nothing. Yeah. You can't say that he's, you know, one that he, you know, he'd rather have a dip and a beer or a margarita than, than hang out. Um, I, I'll tell you what, this is the first time I've listened to a, a, a coach's press conference from start to finish on Monday after game. And like you, John, I've seen bits and pieces and that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you what, just listening to him respond to those questions, and some of them, you know, they really put him on the spot. But the honesty, the transparency, um, the way that he explained a lot of concepts and a lot of the decisions, we got the right guy running this program. You know, I, I haven't needed to be convinced that Matt Rule is is the right guy. But today, you know, just reinforced uh, my opinion of, of him as a leader, as the kind of a guy that, you know, as a parent, I'd want him coaching my kids, you know, um, just absolutely top notch after you know, a kick in the gut loss. I was I was incredibly impressed by by him today in that press conference. He speaks well. He does that. Do you think that uh, Do you think they grill him because he's willing to answer those questions, or they, do you think he grill him because he's not a Tom Osborne guy? I think they grill him. One, because they know that he's going to answer questions. They know that he is not going to, you know, give them some kind of coach speak, you know, distract them, deflect, whatever you want to call it. I think that. But, you know, I, I think that there's a, a degree of comfort between him and the media. Um, and, and that doesn't exist between all coaches and the media. Uh, the, in fact, I would I would venture to say that there are probably more coaches that have an adverse relationship with the media than than those who who tend to get along with the media. Now look at that. Stephanie Jackson says I'm here for the good news, and then literally less than ten minutes later, she's like, "What's the good news?" My God, Stephanie, have some patience. We're just getting started here, We're trying to figure the out. Good why. news. The good news is we've got Matt Rule as a head coach. Yeah, we there's some good news. How about is that is that good? Is that your good news? That'd be my good news. And the volleyball so just, team plays very well. <laughs> and Nebraska continues to play tough. Penn State beat Wisconsin. That was I watched that. That was fun. P 
Penn State in, in volleyball. 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 Yeah. In volleyball. Mm-hmm. Should I just go launch right into the good news? Yeah. You want to know what the good news is, Todd? You, I'm sure you're going to tell me. If you don't, okay. you're going to have a Here's lot of pissed off people watching the podcast tonight. <laughs> Here's oh, the thing yeah. that I want to yeah. hold. Keep us in suspense, John. Don't. No, tell you have us to wait the until news. the end. That's what I see them other YouTube people doing. No, you need to watch until the end of the video, and then I'll actually tell you what took me 35 minutes to get there. Okay, Stephanie Jackson says yes. Yes, and she says it in all caps. So by God, here's the good news. And I did I did a video just before this program I released because I was uh, I I may have blown up some stuff today. I don't know if it was my fault or not, but uh, it was kind of a stressful day. And it occurred to me as I'm watching Twitter go back and forth for three days now or two days. What is it? Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's kind of three days. About, you know, Marcus Satterfield and one fucking play. One play, for God's sakes. One play. And it's, ah, fire that guy. And it occurs to me what we're not talking about. Todd, that is the good news. That's the good news is what we're not saying. The good news is we're not complaining about false starts. The good news is we're not complaining about holding calls. We have not now for two weeks had to say anything about why did Ben Scott hit that guy late and ruin that drive. I mean, we have other reasons for ruining drives, but you know what? That they're, they're not those. We don't have to say they didn't even try to do the return game and the punt returns. I mean, they didn't have many chances because both teams were turning the ball over so much. Well, 13 to 10 game, there'd be 38 punts and they'd be like returns all over the place, but no. This could be the dumbest thing that I say tonight. <gasps> could be. <laughs> Nebraska actually played one of their better football games if they hadn't turned the damn ball over five times. What? That's probably and true. I know you can't separate the two. I know that. But Nebraska's offensive line probably played their best game of the year. Defense got beat on a couple of plays. Got it. That's going to happen against a, a passing team like Maryland. But, and I understand, they didn't score enough points to win. But by the same token, this wasn't the worst game of the season. It, it made the loss felt horrible. But, yeah, I I guess I, I, I'm not crying in my Cheerios. Okay, Stephanie, Actually, was that good? I Stephanie, was some... that good enough juice? Uh, juice. News. What? I'm going to respond to Linda real quick. Linda, I'm drinking a little bourbon tonight. Your Kahlua sounds outstanding, but I'm having bourbon. Bourbon. This I'm having my some, fourth shot. I'm having... I'm having some mango tea. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie probably didn't like that good news, so she went away. Okay, there's a lot of starred comments here. Uh, let's see. Cilantro. John, what's the name of the music you use for the countdown timer on these streams? I have no idea. Is it, um, John, is it, is it, what do they call that stuff? Public use or whatever? Well, the the video for this thing, I think I bought from, is it Motion Array? I've signed up for Motion Array and you can get elements. And I mean, there is a lot of different music and stuff. 
Uh, let's see. We did Stephanie's. What's the good news? We did the, what are you drinking things? Fred Sacco, as usual, says the good news is there's two games and at least eight turnovers left. Bert would approve. My God, my language is already gone. Uh, The serenading slasher, that sounds kind of wild, says how many times will Huskers turn the ball over against Wisconsin, six or seven? You know, here is one thing I want to say about our offense. We know that we turn the ball over. So when we get into games, I mean, should we really be that upset by it? I mean, it's like, you know, it's like you're drunk. Uh, it's like your drunk Uncle Joe is going to show up fucking drunk again for Thanksgiving and say stupid shit. I mean, after a while, you just kind of go, well, he's going to be stupid shit drunk at Thanksgiving. They just accept that that's what it is. They will not turn the ball more than three times. But I'm just saying, I, I'm just trying to be optimistic. There's got to be a game where they've improved other aspects of what they do. There's got to be a game when they don't turn the ball over. But we're a turnover machine, so I guess we're really efficient. You know, the good news is, Todd, the good news about that, there's more good news, Stephanie. The good news is, is that normally teams regress to the mean. So if we turn the ball over a lot this year, we're going to regress to the mean (laughs) even more next year. Yeah. Okay? That's the good news. Look what's happened with penalties. We're coming back to the mean. Right. My God. You're just expecting too much. uh, David Matney says, do we need or we even have a quarterback coach? We don't have a quarterback coach, somebody that's specifically a quarterback coach. Uh, You are limited by the number, by the NCAA rules. You are limited by the number of actual coaches, position coaches you can have. So you need to make a choice. Are you going to have a special teams coach? Or a dedicated quarterbacks coach. Are you going to? Or a tight end coach. Right. Or whatever else you're going to. Right now, Marcus Satterfield, Marcus Satterfield is coaching the quarterbacks. And no, he isn't a dedicated quarterback coach. When they were p- assembling this staff, the intent by Matt Rule was that Marcus Satterfield would be the offensive coordinator and he would coach tight ends. Unfortunately, they were not able to get the quarterback coach that they had their eye on. So, you know, that's where we've kind of landed. And in the meantime, they decided to go after a high school coach from Texas that they brought up here to be the tight end coach because of all of his recruiting connections in Texas. Matt Rule is going to recruit the hell out of Texas. And he had a person that he thought was going to really give him a leg up on that. Unfortunately, that guy apparently didn't understand the laws in the state of Nebraska in terms of consuming too much alcohol while you're behind the wheel of a vehicle. And so he was let go. And in the meantime, they elevated a um, an advisor or whatever you want to call him to tight end coach. He's on a one-year contract and he's being paid $150,000. So we'll see what happens at the end of the year. This was way early, even before the show started, like a half hour before. Good job, Wade. Wade Farce says, why didn't Coleman try to catch the Purdy pass? Was it because two guys were in the same spot and Coleman thought it was going to the other Nebraska player? It's our understand. People have explained this a lot, and I should have uploaded a diagram that showed that uh, Coleman, they, they shouldn't, you shouldn't have two guys that close. Coleman apparently should have cut his cat because you're cut his route short and gone inside 
And uh, that would have left camp open. You know, I don't, I'm not the greatest offensive guy in the world. Well, Coach Rule, Coach Rule said no, that they they were not in neither one of them ran the kind of route that was supposed to be run. And you know, he wasn't throwing players under the bus. It just they it was a blown play. And um actually Purdy was supposed Purdy's throw was supposed to go to the corner of the end zone. You know, one thing, let's see. Okay. It's hard. My God, there's a lot of you. There's a lot of comments. Uh, We should establish, Mike Corgan says we should establish the Michigan rule. I don't need, I'm not sure what that means. Uh, Oh, you know what? Michigan ran the ball the entire second half against Penn State. Can you believe that? And yeah, I can. That's a Nebraska fan's wet dream right there. They have, they have this guy named Blake Corum. Yep. I, and I mean, they've if, got a massive offensive line, and yeah. all of those guys will play in the NFL. Yeah. It, you know, that's why they can run the ball. And I want I want feedback from you guys. Uh let's see. Uh, we did that one. Come on. David Matney, how about reducing the number of passes? I think we're all for that. I mean, our quarterbacks throw well, they can't throw very well and they throw the ball to the other team more than they should ever in if i mean if this was a 20 game season they've already thrown the ball to the other team more than they should john but what you you made a what? comment though last week that still stands true you can't okay. run the ball 100% of the time and we don't have the offensive line that michigan yeah. does to pound it entirely in the second half on the ground so we're going to have to pass the ball at some point. Here's the thing. All of Twitter, you know, that's what I watch. I like Twitter for football, you know, but all of Twitter kept going back and forth, diagramming this play in the past and what was wrong, what, why it was a good call, why it was a bad call. One of the things that Twitter, nobody I've seen is doing is actually looking at the plays where we are throwing the ball and saying, this is how the defensive lineman forces us to throw the ball here. Because if you stack like seven guys in the box and you got five blockers there, I, you're not going to be able to run the ball. It's math. You know, one guy can't block two guys. That's just how it works. And nobody I know, maybe Haas will. I'm going to ask Haas some questions, and I forgot to do that today because, you know, I blew up shit. But um, – Nobody I know has diagnosed, here's why we're throwing the ball. And I think Matt Rule also said today that uh, this is the offense. You know, they are running some of the plays that they're going to run in their offense when they actually have a team (laughs) that isn't injured all the hell and, you know, a serviceable quarterback. I mean, when we look at it and we say they should run the ball all the time, in a way what we're saying is we shouldn't give Malachi Coleman any reps as a receiver at all. That's really what, and then expect him to be a good receiver next year. We shouldn't no. get Jaden Doss the chance to ever catch the ball because you know what I mean. That's the dichotomy of what you're facing when you just say run a single wing or run the ball up the middle all the time or put the fullback in, and you know that's the problem with some of that is you you might win some games this year, but you're not growing anything. No, I, I agree with what you're saying, John. I also think you know from the fans' perspective, though, we sometimes wonder why certain passing plays are called at certain times in the game. And certainly everyone, we've got this comment up here, you know, relative to Chubba Purdy, 
you know, that third down play inside, you know, the 10, you know, why, why did Nebraska choose to throw the ball at that point in time? Well, the play fell apart according to what we've been told. And um, it, it just, and, and keep this in mind too. Last week, Chubba Purdy was running scout team cards. I mean, and he was hardly practicing. The kid has a groin injury, which finally came to the surface this week. He has been not, he has not been in the regular rotation of reps at practice. And so when you think about what Chubba Purdy did, you know, and here Austin M says a positive take, Chubba Purdy looked 10 times on that drive, uh, 10 times better on that drive than he ever looked last year, vastly improved. They, you know, Chubba Purdy is capable of running the ball. And, you know, it was a very, very basic approach. Um, and Nebraska had some momentum running the football at that point in the game. So, you know, hats off to him. John, I got to throw this one up here because I think we have a, a gentleman, I'm, I'm assuming a gentleman, maybe it, maybe it's a, a not a gentleman, but there are certain disclaimers that we have to make here. And uh, Irish XO38, wrestling and baseball are not signi- insignificant sports. You have to read the uh, line. Huh? You have to read the whole line for the people who listen oh. to it podcast irish xo 38 says big should only show insignificant sports such as college wrestling or college baseball on peacock they've got the most insignificant sport on peacock already all those damn basketball games college wrestling and college baseball are not insignificant and if that's your belief then I tell you, get your hell off of this podcast because you're going to hear a hell of a lot about college wrestling and college baseball on this podcast. Irish X, you're not really Irish, are you? Todd, it's triggered. (laughs) (laughs) See, they just do that to get me riled up. What? Okay, here's Nebraska Strong's back this week. Uh, Nebraska strong go big red says, John, I completely disagree with you. Bob Devaney used to say that passing the ball is bad because three things can happen when you pass the ball and two of them are bad. You know, I listen, I have, well, I sell run the fucking ball shirts. I like the, I want us to run the ball. I'm not suggesting we should become air Nebraska. What I'm saying is, is you're going to have to throw the ball. You're going to have to be good and efficient at it. And and I look at Ohio State, for example. I'd, I'd still go back to the offense that I liked the most was uh, Urban Meyer's offense under Ohio State, which had a lot of power running. But, I mean, he also had guys that could sling the ball wherever the hell they wanted. And their offense was so explosive that you couldn't pick an area that you were going to stop and the other part would kill you. That's where our, I would like to see us go. Obviously, we're a long ways from that. And only the best teams in the nation can do that. Well, that's not true. But, you know, you have to be a good balanced team to do that. And I think balance is key here. I don't – we don't need to become, you know, the service academies running the ball. I I, Have have we been so bad at passing the ball for years that we all hate the pass? Or is it just the turnovers are just – We've been shitty at turnovers. I think it's the turnovers that we've had this year because – you know, this year's team does not throw the ball nearly as much as, you know, the Callahan era or, you know, even in the Riley era. 
And it's just frustrating. And it's also frustrating because, um, you know, there's – what am I trying to say? Our quarterbacks simply aren't very good passers. You know, they're not, they're not real accurate. And, and that does make it frustrating. And, you know, the only teams in this country that um, are, you know, 80 to 90% running the ball are the service academies. And Army even moved away from that this year. They're a much more diversified team. I think, I think things have evolved a little bit since then. Uh, DJ says, I thought Woody Hayes said that. I think, you know, a lot of coaches have been credited. A lot of coaches with that. have said that. Daryl Royal at Texas was credited with saying it too. So uh, let's see. Uh, I love me. Jose Montez says, I love me a fiery Todd. Roger Moore, Todd for president. Uh, well, that's a better option than we appear to have anywhere else. Justin so. Roggy says, Todd, you're spicy tonight. Spicy, oh, spicy. Todd. You're well, spicy. You- Keep keep feed me some of these babies and I'll spice it up all night. Lin, Linda Wilkins says, John, have you ever been fired for $76 million? <laughs> Shit, no. I guess I've never been successful enough to be fired for – I've never been fired for – I really haven't ever been fired. You know, I've been fired by – I, I, I was fired one time by um, a financial firm I was working for. Doesn't that was, show you how out of whack? Wait, I was telling a story, you motherfucker. Okay, I'll shut up. I'll just drink okay. and shut up. Hey, John. Get, just I'll, I'll signal you when I'm ready for you to start talking. Yeah, give me a signal. <laughs> okay. I, I was I was working for, I think it was IDS. I was at one of their divisions where they the, the people I was working with only, only handled accounts of people who had like $500 million or more. And I left one day and they called my boss and said, you tell John that he can't come back again down here. And the reason was is because I had facial hair. When you worked for people that were servicing $500 million accounts, these guys did, they did, they had the starchiest motherfucking shirts ever, Rolex watches, gold cufflinks. I mean, it was, I didn't belong there. I, I, I know you all find that shocking, but I did not belong there. But I've been, I've never been fired for 20 bucks, I don't think. Have I ever been fired for 20 bucks, Todd? I feel like my life is missing something here. You can talk now, you shit ass. I was waiting for the signal. Oh. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the fact that a public university is going to pay someone $75 million not to coach there's no better example of how out of whack college athletics has gotten. I mean, it is just, that's ridiculous. $75 million. Think about how many cancer researchers could be hired by a college or university with $75 million. Think about how many people that could work on developing uh, uh, practical clean energy resources could be hired for $75 million. I mean, for crying out loud, that is absolutely, I mean, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Todd, it's that Texas oil money, okay? Well, Texans get cancer. Yeah, they do, but they, you know, they just shoot it out of themselves when they get it. (laughs) 
okay, David Mandia here. He says, so isn't a blown play a result of coaching, putting players in a position to win? You know, no. Uh, sometimes they just – I mean, they, uh, Coleman is young. Uh, Doss is young. Jaden Lloyd's young. I mean, most of our team is young. And they still have to know how to run each play. So a blown play is just – I fucked up in the middle of the play and I didn't do what I was thought I was supposed to do. Or you get mixed signals or you misunderstand what you're supposed to do. Uh, I mean, the, the coaches are going to take responsibility for it because they didn't have the players prepared, you know, to run that play. And again, what I want to say is, is that Chubba Purdy was running scout team. I mean, it was back up. He wasn't running scout team this week. He was holding the cards to run scout team this week. And what that means is, folks, is that when the defense was practicing against uh, the Maryland offense that Nebraska was running during practice, one of the other quarterbacks was serving as uh, the, the Maryland quarterback. Chubba Purdy was holding the cards, showing them which play to run and what they had to do to execute the play. So blown plays, I understand Chubba wasn't the one that was running the pass routes, but the, that whole, the fact that Chubba Purdy moved the team down the field, they were fortunate that it wasn't a cluster until that, until that play at the, at the end zone. Oh my God. Uh, Clay Cassilder says, John, I will fire you right now. Could you pay me? If you fire me, that's seventy-five million, and you can yeah, fire him. No, I don't know. So, I'm, how about a thousand bucks, John? Would you yeah, that's, I'll take that. By God, dude, doll. John, I have one I want to throw up here. Oh, okay. Carl Bulgren says, "When Nebraska throws, three things can happen, and they are all interceptions." <laughs> good, Carl. That's, that's an excellent comment. Did, did Nebraska set a record? Has any other team had three quarterbacks throw four interceptions? I, I haven't seen that. Um, I think there have been other teams have, you know. Well, could be. Here's I one I want to put up there. Uh, Cilantro says, how much money does Nebraska need to spend to acquire a quality quarterback in the portal for uh, 2024? I was listening to some people the other day, and they said, you started a million dollars. Started a million dollars for NIL. And then you also have to define what is quality. And who are going to be those quarterbacks that are going to be available that can fit into a particular offense? You know, just because you have certain big name quarterbacks that might be looking for a new place to land doesn't necessarily mean that those quarterbacks are a good fit for the type of offense that you run. I don't know that Nebraska is going to get in the market for a million dollar quarterback. I don't I don't anticipate that that's going to happen. Do they need to go to the portal for a quarterback? In my opinion, yes, I think they need two. But yeah. I don't know that you're going to bring in, you know, one of the quote-unquote marquee quarterbacks. Um, look, look at it this way, guys. Players might want to go where the NIL money is, but how attractive is a 6-6 six and six team? Yeah. Or a seven and five team, or a five and seven team, um, compared to some of the other spots that they might land. Paul Dallin gave us a five dollar super chat. Thank you, Paul. 
I know he wants us to talk about volleyball. Paul, for the volleyball people, we will be having another specific volleyball show coming up uh, probably the week of Thanksgiving, I think it is. I don't know. I've talked to Beth and Miley. <clears throat> We're going to do that again, but it'll be its own specific show, and we'll figure out how everybody's schedule comes together, and we're going to do that. Well, Paul, uh, you know, I tell you what, I'm glad we've got you joining us each night because, you know, volleyball, and we appreciate you You also following us on coordination of threads during volleyball games, et cetera. Um, I guess a question I have for you, Paul, is, you know, there's a big game at the end of the regular season with Nebraska and Wisconsin. So is Nebraska going to run the table? And more importantly, I guess, you know, when you start looking forward a little bit, you've got four teams that are sitting out there, you know, the top four teams, Nebraska, right now, Wisconsin, unless the new rankings have come out. You also have Texas in there and you got Stanford in. I think it's Stanford, Texas. What concerns me the most is that Nebraska and Wisconsin end up in the same side of the bracket. I hope that yeah. doesn't happen. It's it's Nebraska, Stanford, Wisconsin right now. Is it? Okay. I th well, I think one, one, two, three this week. That would be good to keep them like that. Okay. Carl Bogren comes up with line nut masher up at fullback on the goal line. I, I, I kind of like that idea. It might not be a bad plan. Yeah. I still, you uh, know, early in the game, the first short yardage situation that Nebraska was in when they were going for a short yard, I can't remember if it was third down or fourth down, they actually did uh, have the quarterback under center, which that made me feel good. But then the rest of the game, when it was short yardage, here they had the quarterback five years yards back. I just, I just don't understand that mentality why you put – the quarterback five yards away from the line of scrimmage when you have a yard. Because that way the defense doesn't know where they're going. They can go this way. They can go that way. Or they could hand they could do a zone read and the quarterback. For 75 could go years of college football, quarterbacks were under well, okay, I'm not going down there. Right? All right, all right. Okay. For Bryce, okay. Yeah. What was Todd? Uh, Charles Hollett earlier said, uh, I'd suggest restructuring Satterfield's contract to encourage fewer turnovers, similar to Bryant's forensic scoring. I think that that's an interesting idea. I mean, I so, somewhere on Twitter, I said something about, uh, I think it was one of the radio guys. He said, you know, I'll do, I'll, I'll do Satterfield's job for half the price. And I said, "Yeah, but okay, but every time you have a bad play as voted upon, play call is voted upon by Twitter, you lose a thousand dollars." To which he responded, "I'll run the fullback up the middle fifteen to twenty times a game." Which you know, I mean, you could do something like that, maybe. I am. There's I tell you what, mind. I have not followed a Nebraska football team even in the days of Tom Osborne where at some point in the game, the fan base doesn't question play calls. I mean, that's that's the nature of the business, where the fans are going to question play calls. I am not going to beat up Marcus Satterfield this year simply because he's coaching what now appears to be almost a third-string offense. Uh, when you cut through the quick and you really dive, uh, dive into who's out there on the field at this point in the season, the guy deserves to have some, some slack this year, and, and I'm not going to beat the guy up. Cilantro says, can Nebraska poach players from Texas A&M's roster now that Jimbo Fisher is fired? Well, we cannot poach players. 
because nope. that would be like tampering. However, yeah. the Texas A&M players have 30 days from when their coach is fired to get into the portal transfer, uh, portal, you know, the portal. Because what happens is the portal is only open a certain time. It opens in December 4th, I think it is. And I think it, what's it, open till for 30 days? But when your coach is fired, it's open for 30 days. So, yeah, yeah, there's probably going to be guys leaving Texas A&M. Okay. Did I, you want me to read that? Yeah, I did. I click on that. That's my bad. If yeah, I did. you did. Londell says Doc Rob broke it down. Ball was thrown, thrown to the wrong area. Should have been thrown to the back of the end zone. Uh, Doc Rob does. Uh, Rob Zadiska does videos on YouTube where he breaks down plays. Uh, they're very good. Yeah. You, you should. Yeah, that's them. the same thing that I'd heard. Oh my God. Linda Wilkins says, uh, John, do you think you owe Frost an apology for thinking it was all his fault? Linda, respectively, I do not feel that I owe Mr. Frost any apology whatsoever. <laughs> Michael Hansen says, can we rotate in the QBs like we do the RBs? OSU and Michigan have done that in the past with great success. It gives them a chance to see the game from the sidelines in the field. Just my thought all night. I am in favor of having certain packages that quarterbacks run, but – uh, I, you know, Rule and Satterfield seem to be these guys that are like, this is our quarterback and we're going to stick with them. Um, you know, honestly, I, I always admired how, uh, come on, the old ball coach Spurrier, yeah. Steve Spurrier, would send his quarterbacks in for like three plays, pull them out of the game, scream at them on the sidelines and tear their heads <laughs> off. And then, you know, the other guys in playing, he would come out, Spurrier would scream at him for a while. I, I, I guess. I don't know, you know, I Todd and I grew up in an era where we got beat by our parents and uh, screamed at by our coaches and everybody screamed and yelled at us and I apparently people don't like this anymore and we're okay with 300 pound guys smashing into each other at high rates of speed and causing brain injuries but don't be yelling at each other especially if you're swearing. That, that makes no sense to me. Well, uh, right now, you know, we have three quarterbacks. And we don't have a good one. And, you know, I, I, I really think that it, it, what it comes down to, I, I believe, in the last two games of the season is doing their very, very best to limit turnovers. Um, and, and what that's going to look like, I have no idea. But um, I don't know where I was going with this, but I I, I don't know that <laughs> – I don't know. Here, I'll put this up. Oh. This is this – is, is, Cilantro asks, is there a Bonex-type quarterback out there in Nebraska can portal in the next year? You know, I don't know who said this. I think I read it on Slack by one of our contributors. Um, I'm real curious maybe if there's an FCS quarterback out there that – um, might be looking to move to, you know, the big boys in a power five conference and, and maybe Nebraska could pull somebody like that. Um, that, that could have a, a positive impact on the team. I, you know, whoever the big names are going to be, I think it's going to be tough for Nebraska to get one of those guys. I, yeah, I think that Bo Nix, I mean, I mean, Bo Nix is way up here. 
I don't think we, I don't, number one, I don't think you'd spend all your money on one quarterback right now. I, I don't manage the team, but it, if it were me, I would probably not go out and get like a Caleb Williams, Bo Nix type player. I would get somebody the, the reasonable cost and then I'd get two of them. Like a, what do they call that? A BOGO? Buy one, get one. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would do. Cause I mean, we, we beat them up so much this year. I don't know if that's because of the offense we're running, if this is the same thing we're going to do from now on, but it just seems to me, I mean, look at Cade McNamara went out for the season. Tanner Mordecai went out for the season. You can go down the list of starting quarterbacks that were just gone. So uh, I I guess. (sighs) Clay Kasselder says, uh, will you fellas be at the Iowa game? I will not. Um, I'm going to be out of town for Thanksgiving this year, so I will miss my second Iowa game in a row. And uh, I do not know when I miss the Nebraska-Iowa game before that, whether it was well, home or away. You, you know what? They won last year. Nebraska won last year. Maybe you should just keep missing the fucking Iowa game. Might, Maybe you should never go a- to another Iowa game in your life. I could do that. I I, just, uh, I I mean when when Nebraska wins, I really feel great. Except I always feel slimy being around all those Hawkeyes. It's just yeah, <laughs> God. I will not be at the Iowa game either. So uh, I think, uh, well, I'll move on. <laughs> Let's see. Cilantro says Arch Manning or Dylan Rayola. There are so many comments, it's hard to keep up with you guys. Cilantro says Arch Manning or Dylan Rayola. Well, Dylan Rayola, you know. Arch Manning? I don't know, Todd. Which one would you take? Um, I don't know because I haven't seen either one of them play. They both have, you know, um, a lot of hype. Um, Arch Manning is not seeing the field at Texas this year. Um, We don't know how good Dylan Rayola is. Um, So, yeah, I, I don't know. I I, I guess, sorry, cilantro. I don't have a, I I, I don't know what to say with either one of them. Yeah, I think I, I don't know either. Arch Manning, James Marshall says, is it time for the fans to turn on Satterfield? Uh, well, it looks like some of them already have from the comments on YouTube the past couple of days, but I, I know this, this is the, you know, this is another part of the good news. I hope st- I haven't seen Stephanie comment again. I hope she's still listening, but listen, this actually is kind of good news that we're doing this It's because we actually give a shit and we have expectations and we're frustrated that our team is losing like this. This seems like normal Nebraska behavior that I remember when I was young in the 80s and 90s. You know, there's still a person in my family that thinks Charlie McBride was a shitty defensive coordinator, for God's sakes. That's how picky we are. Oh, and how about all the people screaming for Tom Osborne, throw the ball, throw the ball. We could never come back when, you know, if we got down to 10 points to somebody, Tom Osborne's couldn't come back and beat him. And that was a constant complaint. So, you know, it's the first year of a rebuild of the worst power five program in the country. And if you don't accept that idea, because we're the only team that hasn't been to a bowl game since 2016. That's where we're at. That's not negative. I get comments about that. That's reality. 
And it's the first year of trying to turn and wipe the stink off this program. And he's working with a whole shitload of injuries. So, you know, next year at this time, if we're doing the same shit, yeah, they should, you know, burden will be good enough for him. What's, do you remember the movie Heavy Metal? Yeah. You remember that part in the movie? It was the uh, Stern, Stern, Burden's too good for him. Hangin's too good for him. He deserves to be torn into itsy bitsy pieces and buried alive. There you go. That's the line from Heavy Metal back then. I almost made myself pass out. Okay, that was, uh, there you go. Uh, somebody became a member. CTB on top became a new member. It's $1.99 a month. And uh, you know what? I've started releasing videos early uh, to members. So I'll probably do that more on. Oh, my God. Now I'm all hot and bothered by that whole Stearns thing. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Go ahead. Nebraska Strong says, Todd, do you still have eligibility to play football for the Huskers? No. Um, I used my eligibility up in the 80s. Um, clock ticked out on me on in 1985. I, my eligibility was used up. Oh, my God. You did use your, your eligibility, didn't you? I did. I had my freshman year, and that was it. Uh, D David Manny says, didn't Sims earn $750,000? I seriously doubt it. I don't think uh, – all right, I'll just be honest. The numbers I saw were nowhere near that. So they were that, – if you're looking at on three, I got to tell you, the on three stuff, the on three evaluations they do, just so way offline that uh, they're unbelievable. So – I don't think anybody really has a good handle on what the Neil deals are going out there, but uh, there are, you know, I mean, the top quarterbacks like a Caleb Williams are probably getting, you know, I don't know, between two and eight million. Ryan Day said you expect to pay eight million dollars for a top quarterback. Is that right? You remember that? Uh, yeah, but that isn't happening. I don't think it's happening either. No. DG says, do we have a fourth string quarterback? Todd, do we have a story fourth string quarterback? John, you're the one that pays you're the one that has been advocating to see a fourth string quarterback. So this question, I put that up for you to respond to. We have Luke Longville and we have Jake Jack Walsh. Jake? Now I can't remember. Walsha. Walsha. Yes, we have more quarterbacks on the roster. And quite frankly, I'm guessing we might see him because I just, you know, Sims Sims looks like he could go in the game, and if he just takes care of the ball, we just run the ball when he's in the game. Well, shit. I mean, come on, he's going to be good for two turnovers. I I realize per, but I have this just sneaking suspicion that he. I think when you watch Heinrich Harburg play early in that game, I think that he just got too much pressure on him, and there's too much pressure on this team to know that they want to win one more game to get to a bowl game. And I think it's just, it's actually hurting them, especially on offense. And I think Harburg especially felt that pressure. He played just so poorly. I don't think he could blame it all on injuries. Yeah. I, I think Harburg is carrying a lot of weight on his shoulders. Yeah. And, and, you know, we expect him, if he's going to be the starting quarterback in Nebraska, he has to perform, you know, and he knows that. Um, but, you know, when you think about it a little bit, 
Um, you know, I think a lot of us suspected that Purdy had some significant injuries. And, you know, I, and I, and I think Harburg's been beat up too. So I'll just leave it at that. John, here's another one for you. Um, Fred Sacco says, I mentioned the two guy, Tulane guy earlier. Thoughts on him? I can't think of the kid's name, Fred. Yeah. I have I have heard about him a little bit, and he seems to be doing an outstanding job. Tulane's you know putting up some good numbers, and um, I think legitimately there's a chance that quarterbacks that are not in the Power Five conferences, you know, certainly you know may look. Uh, to capitalize a little bit on NIL, but um, you know that becomes—I don't know—that that 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 becomes a real difficult thing to try to convince some of those guys to come into a school um, that isn't winning football games at the rate others are. Uh, I don't. I, you know what? I haven't put any thoughts into the portal stuff. You know, I've been focused on day-to-day stuff and. Uh, we got time for that when the season ends or what's been coming up later. Uh, let's see. Murph dog brewing company says a sim sticking around for another year. I'd be shocked if he does. Just no, I don't think he will. Things okay. haven't worked out here. Uh, nope. You might as well go somewhere else. Dewey says $107,000 is what I saw for Jeff Sims. I assume that's probably closer to what I saw. Uh, Paul Dalen says IRS is going to put an end to this. Okay. I mentioned this on Connor's show last Friday night. I don't think I've mentioned it on one of our shows. There is currently, uh, there is currently a lawsuit against the NCAA called house versus NCAA that has been certified as a class action lawsuit. And the liability on that lawsuit to the NCAA is $4.2 billion. This is the last thing I saw. And if you look at that, and then what's the second thing? Uh, this is why, con- first of all, the NCAA, where are they going to get $4.2 billion to cover that liability? Well, this is why they're desperately asking Congress for antitrust exemption. And then the other big you know, political issue or legal issue more than political is the NLRB, the National Labor Relations Board and whether or not athletes are going to be certified as employees. So I don't know if the IRS will put an end to this, but the honest to God truth, not making this up, the NCAA, as we know it, we know we've been through a lot of changes, nil, portal, 12-team playoff, conference alignment. In the next two to three years, college football is and college sports and all is likely to end as we know it, like, completely so i don't know you know unless congress just says oh no we're gonna make them all amateurs and make them unpaid labor forever i you know anything can happen when politicians and bureaucrats get uh, involved but it, it looks like weird things are going to happen in the future so i am really <laughs> concerned about congress getting involved uh, congress doesn't need to be involved in this um I, I, I'll just, I'm just going to leave it there. Um, it scares me. It scares me that Congress could get involved with this, but then again, something's going to have to straighten out the portal. Something's going to have to straighten out the, uh, the nil. Something, something's going to have to happen. Paul comes back and says, IRS issues that nil as it stands today looks a lot like money laundering. Yeah, <laughs> it does. 
Yeah, what about it? There's money laundering going on all over the place. Um, well, uh, Blaine Cole says, John or Todd, any cure for fumbleitis? Throw the um, ball. <laughs> Everybody left. Okay. Um, go ahead. I think it's just a lack of focus and, a, you know, you got to just repeat that stuff. And you just, I mean, you see, put it this way. You see Emmett Johnson when he's about to be tackled, put two arms around the ball. You've seen that from Heinrich yeah. Harburg a lot more. But then Jeff, Jeff Sims, Sims still carries the ball out here like a loaf of bread, and that's why he fumbled in the game, you know? Jeff Sims, yeah, Jeff Sims was carrying that ball away from his body. He was carrying yeah. the ball away from his body, and it got poked out. And once again, the ball was on the ground. Uh, Nebraska strong, Todd Sims needs to go. You know, I'm not going to – I. I, what I had argued for was Jeff Sims having another chance. And I still think he's, he is of the three quarterbacks that Nebraska has, he does the best job moving the team down the field. Now, you know, Chubba Purdy, you only got one drive that he, that he has been responsible for. But if you're going to compare Jeff Sims to, to um, Heinrich Harburg, Sims does a better job moving the team down the field. However, I'm not going to sit here and defend it anymore because he certainly has turned the ball over at inopportune times, as has Henry Kerberg, as has Chubba Purdy. But I'm off the I'm off the the Sims bandwagon. So there you go. DG says play Lexi Rodriguez before Sims. That's okay. She's an excellent passer. But uh, <laughs> that would mean that we would put Lexi in in harm's way, and I you know, love Lexi is a wonderfully beautiful young woman that's just the gorgeous to watch, and I would rather we just kept her alive for our football, our volleyball team. Uh, even you know what? Even if it made mean we meant the playoff, I'd still keep Lexi Rodriguez over on the volleyball team just because, just because. Okay. Uh, my God, I shouldn't. You know, I used to be able to yell like that for hours. Um, here's this is something I came across today. Marcus Aurelius Maximus says, "Just got here. If Illinois and Nebraska went out, does that mean Nebraska can get into the Big Ten playoffs?" This is as clear as mud to me. I had I've seen someplace that it is still possible that Nebraska could play in the playoffs. Or excuse me, could get to the big the Big Ten yes. championship game. It is still yes. possible that that can yes. Happen. I mean, we need Illinois to beat Iowa this weekend, and you know Illinois is playing better as of late, and certainly they can score. So that's a possibility. It is in Iowa, so that's you know going to be a little bit more difficult. But uh, the know, Nebraska went out part, I mean, that's possible. Wisconsin just – Wisconsin got the shit kicked out of them by Northwestern. You know, I mean, they did. It, they, it, go ahead, finish up. It, it was, I mean, then you saw the Wisconsin players after the game with their comments to the media were like, you know, they were terrible. So Wisconsin is a team that's – if you, remember, if you remember weeks ago, I said whoever wins the Big Ten West is going to be the team that figures itself out first. And we're still – we're in the 11th freaking week of the season, and we're still – everybody is like, I don't know. We're trying to figure it out, man. It's kind of amazing, this whole Big Ten West thing. I don't well, think it's a – I don't think it's a whole bunch of teams full of crappy athletes. I think it's a whole bunch of teams that, honest to God, are still trying to figure out what they're doing. 
Bert, and that's Bert's due to beat Iowa. He's due to beat Iowa. It's, due it's to been beat a while Iowa. since he has. I so. like I like that line. You know, it is. You know, I saw I saw an Iowa post on Twitter that said, uh, "Why aren't people rallying behind this team for the resilience that they're showing? Why aren't people all fired up and excited about the fact that Iowa is what are they eight and two right now, and you know they're leading the Big Ten West? Why why aren't people behind this team?" For Iowa, yeah, I just people yeah. shaming Iowa fans. Yeah, oh, now, here's something that makes sense. Nebraska Strong says Butterfinger should sponsor us. I, I'm, I'm good I with, agree that. with that. Yeah, Marcus Aurelius Maximus says, uh, notice how that just slips off your lips. NCAA is scared to death of losing to control. Three weeks ago, Charlie Baker, the head of the NCAA, was on the Hill testifying in front of the Senate about nil contracts. I, I they kind of got to be honest with themselves and realize that their existence is, you know. I think I think I think the NCAA has lost control of Division One football. They yeah. lost control of Division One football years ago when the playoffs basically became a separate entity outside of the NCAA. NCAA has no control over the NCAA playoffs, or excuse me, the Division I playoffs. It's a separate entity. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure they are concerned. We've had, we had a conversation earlier in the year. I think it's just a matter of time before big-time college football turns into a super conference and and does their own thing, and the rest of the sports will will uh, be under the umbrella of the NCAA. And we haven't taken one from Minnie yet. She's a member. Could any? How could any quarterback survive Nebraska's fan base? Well, the thing is, Minnie is that's all of them. I mean, if you go out there and look across college football landscape, uh, all the fan bases are pretty much insane. We're all full of delusional people. We're all full of, you know, nutcrackers as opposed to nut mashers. And it, I mean, if you go out on Twitter, I don't know if you use Twitter, many, but if you go out on Twitter, follow the account Message Board Geniuses. And Message Board Geniuses, what they do is they go to message boards across the entire college football landscape and they pull the best comments from fans out and they put them on Twitter. And it, they, if you could just use that Twitter account to educate you how insane all of us are. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I think the thing is, is, uh, you, if you're doing this, I mean, if you're going to be a quarterback or any Division One college football player, look at I. I'll give a moment to Grace to Colorado. I mean, look at Shadir Sanders. He's he's brought some of that stuff on top of himself. But at the same time, uh, boy, if he doesn't have an ego to handle all the shit being thrown at him from the entire universe, he would fall apart and collapse as a human being. Well, and so, John, you don't have to go very far east either. The fan base has been all over Iowa quarterbacks for years. So, <laughs> you know, it's 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 pretty much the same all over. Here's one that I kind of think is an interesting question. Jose Montez says, if NU makes a bowl game, would there even be a lot of fans traveling to it? Yes. Yes. Are you, are you going to go? Uh, I might. I, I would consider going. You know, it, it, 
to me, with bowl games, it all kind of depends upon, you know, when it is. Now, Nebraska getting into bowl game would probably be an early December game. You know, I, I, I might I might consider going. Do but Nebraska fans answer- will go. Do you know the answer to this question, Todd? David Matney asked, do we need or do we have a sports psychologist? We've got a whole department of sports psychologists at the University of Nebraska. That's uh, uh, almost a standalone entity that serves all of the varsity sports at Nebraska. If you you, – Jack Stark, I believe, was was the first sports psychologist. And the thing was is – Paul Koch's books, if you remember on YouTube, I reviewed Paul Koch's giant books that are sitting over there, and they talked about how he became the first sports psychologist and what it was like and stuff like that. Uh, I Yeah, I think it's a damn good idea. I mean, what's – what? I there, come on, Todd. There's famous quotes about 98 is – 98 percent how for percent, uh, yeah i, I know sports is all mental you know that yeah. kind of stuff i'm running out of words here no uh, it's, it's incredibly important but I, I i believe that nebraska has that in place in fact yeah i know i mean in fact last year there was a lot of conversation about the sports psychologists that were working with a lot of the athletes through some of the residual issues from the pandemic and other mental health issues i mean there, there is a very dedicated group of people who who are involved with that. Uh, MK says, not a pretty game, but looks like Nebraska ball is going to win tonight. You're missing out, Todd. We may be pretty okay this season. I hope Nebraska wins a lot of games. I'm always going to cheer for Nebraska. I'm also going to cheer for Nebraska basketball because Fred Hoiberg's the coach. I don't like – I do not get a lot of uh, of enjoyment out of watching basketball. For the same reason that there are people here tonight that don't like watching soccer, I love watching soccer. There are people here that don't watch, that don't like watching baseball because it's too slow and boring. I have never enjoyed watching the sport of basketball. I am a Fred Hoiberg fan. I have been since the kid was in high school at Ames High, and um, so for that reason and because it's Nebraska, I hope they do well. And I'll watch some games, especially if they get into, you know, tournaments because I'll have my bracket filled out, even though I don't know what the hell is going on. Okay, uh, Nebraska is one over Ryder, sixty-four to fifty. I did watch some of this game earlier. I was going to bring it up. It was the first time I've seen this year's basketball team. My God, is it Hosea, Alec, Becca, Alec's brother is on her basketball Becca team. Alec, just call him Becca's brother. <laughs> Becca's brother is on this team. The one with big hair. My God, that young man is chiseled, kind of like a Greek god type of chisel. Well, she's chiseled for God's yeah, sake. She's. Uh, but there was, I, Nebraska looks like they have a lot of depth on the basketball team. I think it's. I. I keep. I want to say it's going to be fun to watch them, but then you know, every time I see that, it's like, what the hell. <laughs> you know. So but I'm just going to take the basketball like one game at a time, like Matt Rule says. Uh, Kisei is fun to watch. I mean, that I, I do watch some games. Yeah. I just love any just watching a player that has that smile on his plate on his face and just you know that unbelievable joy that he has competing. That that just makes me feel good. Uh, do we have anything else? What else do we have? Look, my wife redid the lighting. I see your lighting looks nice. Your whole room looks nice. It does. 
It looks a lot more like, I don't know, a brothel. <laughs> Just what I wanted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, We're at an on. hour. I got, I got but, one last one here. Linda says, watch the hot comments, Todd. Linda, but, I think she was referencing the chiseled physique of Becca Alec. Oh. Um, Real quick, and we can wrap things up with this. I went to my first volleyball game at Devaney last year. I used to go to a lot of games when they were at the Coliseum, et cetera. But the first time that I was at Devaney, and uh, a friend of ours, John and mine, a college buddy, college roommate of John's, Roger Aiden, um, had an extra ticket and um, when he was in town, and so I went to the game. We were about three or four rows up on the end. And um, during warm-ups, you know, the Nebraska – well, both teams – were relatively close to where we were standing. And I could not believe the physique, the athletic physique on Becca Alec. You know, they back in the day, we used to talk about, you know, particularly male athletes that had that, you know, when you looked at them from the back, they had that V where they had those broad shoulders and that thin waist and were very, very muscular. And that's what I saw with Beck Alec. I just could not believe how physically fit and how strong and dynamic, you know, she is as, as an athlete. But you know what? You can look at darn near all of those volleyball players, and they are such incredibly well-conditioned athletes. It's, it's just amazing. Uh, let's see. Uh, Roger Moore says, John, you may need to contact HR. I'll, I'll take that under advisement. Uh, let's see. Paul Dalen says we're going to stumble into a victory at Camp Randall by pure dumb luck. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, yep. Owen Walker says, John, will you do a bull celebration if we beat Wisconsin, hopefully at your tree? Well, the honest to God truth is I'll be in Lincoln Saturday because my wife, uh, had a cousin lose his battle with cancer. So we will be in Lincoln for a, a funeral, a celebration of life, I guess they call it now. But so I will be in Lincoln, uh, this Saturday, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, let's see. Uh, anything else? You know, huh. I, I, I hope that Nebraska has a, a, a good week of practice and goes up to Wisconsin and and uh, can come out of there with a win. Wisconsin, you know, is having some of the same kinds of struggles that Nebraska is having. So we said this quite a while ago. After the Michigan game, there was not a team on the schedule that Nebraska couldn't beat. And there wasn't a team on the schedule that couldn't beat Nebraska. And we're kind of living through that. Um, you know, I know that Nebraska fans, me included, want to see that sixth victory um, so that they do get a bowl game. Um, but, you know, we'll just have to see how it plays out. And I'm not, I'm not dismissing the fact that they can't beat Iowa, um, you know, when, uh, when they come over on Black Friday. I still think that's a chance, too. Um, as long as uh, somebody takes out Cooper DeGene. <laughs> there you go. I did it last time. And you staying away from the game did it last time, too. It, it so, did. So wait, Okay. All right. I think we're done, Todd. I'm going to have to wait. You know what? I have been thinking about actually buying some kind of oxygen thing. After that uh, Stern thing, I think I'm going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what movie was it where the guy always put a mask on? He was a villain. 
How did I come up with that shit right now? Okay. Good night, Todd. Good night, John.